God, I pray, Lord, that money wouldn't have a hold of our hearts. That it wouldn't have a hold of our life, God, that we wouldn't be directed, dictated by money, but dictated by your love, God, by your will for our life. And, Father, I pray that you would use money as a tool, God, to build this church, God, to meet our needs, God, to, to send us out, Father, so that we can give to the poor, give to uh, those in need. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. I pray that you bless them, Lord. Bless our youth, Father. Bless the leaders here with jobs and opportunities, raises, with favor, God. We ask of you, Lord, let your church be an example in this time, Father God, of what it means to be blessed and to give generously. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Come on up as you give. Come on up as you give. And let's get ready for worship. That's one, two, one, two, one, two. Can y'all hear me out there? So here's, let's try this for a change, yeah? Let's try this. How about from the first song, right? Let's now wave to the second song, the slower song, the more intimate song, the song that makes you cry. How about from the first song, we let our guards down, okay? We let your guard down, you know? Some of us, we dress really nice. We dress over here because there's a certain someone that we have our eye on. I don't know what you dress up for. Maybe because you just love Jesus. You like looking good. Whatever. Let's just let our guard down, y'all. For real. Alright, let's just close our eyes just so that we can get all distractions out of the way. Father, we pray, Lord, that every single distraction, God, in Jesus' name would go. Father, we ask of you in Jesus' name that, God, you fill this time of worship with your glory with your presence. We ask, God, that as we raise our voices, oh Lord, we ask for the host of heaven, God. We ask for the angels, God, to, to Father God, fill this place, oh Lord. But God, as we sing, Lord, the angels sing with us, God, and we give you the highest praise, God. God, we ask, oh Lord, that as we prepare ourselves right now for what you're about to bestow on us, God, that that, God, we wouldn't look to our neighbor, God, and what they're doing, but, God, we'd be so concerned that, God, we focus on you, Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on with me. Would you just say, God, I focus on you, God. I focus on you. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Come on and tell them, nothing else matters. In Jesus' name, God, 
No relationship, God, nothing else matters but my relationship and what you're speaking in Jesus' name. Come on. Sin for all we believe in. 
Come on, man. Let's do this now. For what I'm going to give my praise to you. Sing it again. The time has come. Say it for all. I stand for you, Jesus. Now for what I'm going to give my praise to you. Your neighbor say, God is good. God is good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We serve such a good God, such an awesome, mighty God. There's nothing impossible for Him. Come on, let me encourage you. There's nothing impossible for God. Come on, there is nothing impossible for God. Some of you, you just need to say it till you believe it. There is nothing impossible for God. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, there's nothing impossible for you, God. Doesn't matter what we've been through. Oh, Jesus, doesn't matter what we've seen. Doesn't matter what we've done. There's nothing impossible for you. Oh, Jesus. It's because of you, God, we overcome. And this next song we're going to sing is, is talking just about that. How God, he overcome this world, right? He overcame this world. Do we believe that? It's the hope that we have here. That he's overcome the world, that there's a hope because of Jesus. There's not a hope because I'm a good person. There's not a hope because I, I know how to speak well because I have a job. There's a hope because of Jesus. Come on, with all eyes closed in this place, let me ask you, is your hope been in Jesus or is your hope been in yourself or the things you can do? when it's time for us tonight to come back to the source of our hope, to the source, to the beginning, to the foundation of our faith. Jesus Christ overcame this world, and so could we. Come on, as we get ready to sing this next song, would you with me put your hand over your heart right now and, and just say, I can overcome this world. Doesn't matter what they are saying that the new norm is, it's it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. It's okay to live with someone before you're married. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Swearing it's not all that bad. It's a form of communication. It doesn't matter what the world stands or I can overcome this world through Jesus Christ. In him I have hope. In him this new life. Come on, right now in your own words, you would just tell them, God, in you I overcome this world. 
Come on, for whatever it is, man, may I overcome pornography. Man, I overcome uh, greed. Man, I overcome my selfish ambitions. Man, I overcome pride. Man, I overcome anger. Whatever it is right now, because of Jesus, I overcome blank. Come on, make that your prayer right now. Because of Jesus, I overcome loneliness. Because of Jesus, I overcome my failures. Because of Jesus, I overcome my temptation. Come on.
we are overcomers in this place. There's no longer a reason for you to be dealing with sin. There's no longer for you to be dealing with addictions. Christ has come to set you free. Come on, and those who the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on, right now with all hands lifted up. Come on, right now. If there's anything that you're struggling with, maybe addictions, maybe some thoughts you've been going over, right now in Jesus' name, we're going to surrender it to the Lord. We're surrendering it right now to Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, say no more. No more addictions. No more struggling. No more sin. Come on, speak it out. Speak it out. Whatever it is right now in this place. Jesus. and unashamed of what it may mean for you right now to confess your sin or repent. But we have one who has been to the Father, who has overcome sin. Doesn't matter how shameful it is. Doesn't matter how embarrassing it might be. Doesn't matter if it's been something you think you should have been over. Doesn't matter what it is. Christ is coming to set you free. And there is a freedom in Jesus Christ. There is a freedom in the Son of God. And we're not going to settle for anything less. So right now, if you're serious and you want that freedom, if you've been struggling, if you've been praying, and you're just tired of being in bondage, of being in sin, of having to pray the sinner's prayer over and over and over and over again and thinking whether or not you're saved, tonight's your night that you would know, that you would know that you belong to Jesus, that sin has no place in your life. Come on, with all eyes closed in his place, are you ready? Come on. If you're serious, if you're done struggling, if you're done with the temptation, if you're done with sin's place in your life, I want you to take a step forward in faith right now. Meet me here at this altar. Take a step forward in faith. Come on, amen, hallelujah. Come on, amen, hallelujah. No more, no more, says the Lord, no more. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, sin no longer has a place in your life. You are a son. You are a daughter of the king. Come on, no more. You have to have your head down and thinking, how come I'm not over this? How come this hasn't left me? Come on, Christ has to put your head back up and look towards him. Rely on his strength in Jesus' name. Rely on his grace in Jesus' name. No more. No more. Come on with me. Say no more. Come on, speak it out. Say no more. Jesus, 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 Father, I pray, God, that the bondage, oh Lord, that the bondage of sin would be broken off in Jesus' mighty name right now. Right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I speak it to their mind, I speak it to their heart, God. Sonship. 
daughter. Father, no longer are they, are they struggling with the identity of whether or not that you love them, God. It's your kindness that draws them in right now. Come on, declare that over yourself as you're asking God to forgive you. I mean, he's so ready to forgive you, but you just got to be ready and say no more and start speaking it over your life. No longer am I addicted to sin. No longer will I give in to this mindset. No longer. Come on. Speak it from your mouth. Come on. We're serious about this in this place. Oh, it's our prayer tonight, Lord. It's our prayer tonight. Father, pray for courage and boldness for your youth, for your children, God. Boldness and faith right now in Jesus' name to arise. I pray for the gift of faith right now in Jesus' name. The gift of faith. In Jesus' name, we believe it, Lord. We believe it. We're crazy to believe it, but we believe it, Lord. We believe it. By Jesus' mighty name. By Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you sense the Lord's spirit over your life, just begin to raise your hands with us. As a sense of freedom, as a sense of surrender comes over you, we're going to sing this bridge again. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now... The Christ has set you free now that you have a testimony. Now you can look back and remember, man, he, he still forgives me of my sin. We're going to sing this back with the tip on our shoulder towards the devil. No longer. We will overcome by the blood of Jesus. Come on. And by the word of our testimony. Everybody in this place has a testimony. Man, maybe your testimony, you've been that person. You've been going round and round in the, in the walk of Christianity. You've been going up and down, up and down, up and down. But tonight you've been set free. Let's sing this out again in faith and power. Amen. Here we go. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Sing it out. Voice, we will. Yes, we will. Just the ladies, ladies, sing this song, sing Savior.
Come on, ladies, sing it out. Come on, women of God. Sing it, Jesus. God, let's sing this out. Sing Savior. And Savior, worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all our praise. You overcame.
set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul. make that our prayer tonight as we close out this time of worship. God, I want more of you. desire. God, I want more of you than I want my boyfriend, than I want my girlfriend. Come on, God, I want more of you than I want that position, than I want that job, than I want that promotion. God, I want more of you, God, than I want my family, than I want my future wife, my spouse, my brother, my sister. God, I want more of you, God, than I want my children. God, I want more of you. Come on. Hallelujah. God, I want it all. I want more of you, Jesus. That's our prayer here tonight. That we would rid ourselves of ourselves and that God would fill us up with his love, with who he is, with his Holy Spirit. In closing, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that brings conviction that brings your word, God. And we ask, God, that, Holy Spirit, your word would go forth tonight and that, God, you would bring us closer to Jesus, bring us closer, God, in our relationship, God. Challenge us, Lord. Father, if there's an area in our life, God, that we're lacking, if there's an area in our life, God, that you want complete surrender, Father, pray, Lord, that you would use me, God, to convey such a word, Father. God, use the words that I preach tonight, Father God. Anoint them. Be with us tonight, Father, as we study your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You guys can do me the favor, begin to make your way back to the first and second row.
Amen, amen, amen. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you today for your word. God, I pray for a grace uh, to be able to preach your word here tonight, God. God, I pray that for a grace, God, that you would allow me to effectively communicate, God, what you put on my heart, your desire for your church. You love your church so much, God, and, and God, I pray, Lord, that that love, God, will come through. Um, God, I pray that you would bless my mind. Uh, help me to convey this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I, I looked at Vinny. I told him, man, play some, play some somber music. And he kind of looks at me and he plays something. I'm like, plays, play as if someone just died. And he's like, whoa. And, uh, you know, the reason why, you know, we, I kind of said that to him and is because, you know, I pray that, you know, this is what God was you know, speaking to my heart, that we would die to ourselves. And we would count the cost of what it means to be a disciple. This is a message that is either going to make or break you. This will either draw the line in the sand for you, whether or not you're coming back to this church or whether you're coming to church at all. Or that you would cross the line and say, Jesus, it's all or nothing. And um, if you guys have been on the fence as far as like your faith and, you know, you guys have been lukewarm as the Bible calls it. You've been one foot in and one foot out. I pray that this will be the message that would do you in. And uh, I pray that from a sincere heart because God, he communicates like that. He's, he's a good father. You know, and uh, the Bible says, the Bible says that because he is a good father, he rebukes us. You know, what good is it for a father if he doesn't correct the child? Because the child makes mistakes, they don't know it all. So the father has to come in and teach. And sometimes it's a strong rebuke. It's a strong like, hey, don't do that. Like, hey, you're doing wrong. Stop doing it. And... Uh, you know, if you've ever, ever had a, a father in your life, if you ever had someone who you look to in that light and they've ever come to you in that manner, you know that, man, it's on. Like, you're not messing with that. You know, and if you haven't had that, you have a father in heaven who loves you and he is your father. And if you desire that, all you have to do is pray. And uh, God would speak to you, okay? And um, it's my heart here today. Um, in, in the season of of Christmas, thank you, Vinny, so much. In the season of Christmas, in the season of of like receiving and getting and gifts and spending a whole bunch of money, opening up credit cards and you know getting PS4s and Xbox One and and all that crazy stuff. You know, somehow there's a a secularism that has gone into the church, and what that means is basically how the world, how the ungodly, how the people who aren't Christians operate is somehow affecting how we operate. And, um, you know, I started thinking about that, and I could have talked about, like, why Jesus is the reason for the season, but God really put on my heart sacrifice. And before this month, I was with the pastor, Christina, I'm talking to him, like, man, this is what God has been putting in my heart all of November. Like, I wanted to, like, jump the ship and put it in November, but I wanted to wait because I was getting the revelation of what God was doing. And what God was wanting to speak. So if I spoke it too early, I probably wouldn't have gotten some of the revelations the Lord has given to me. But, you know, at the same time, I, this is something that's been stirring into my heart. Because I want to, you know, draw the line in the sand by God's grace. Because God is doing it. You know, it's either you love him or you don't love him. There's no in between. That's really what it's like. And as a church, as a culture, as a generation, we need to know where the line in the sand is. And be on one or other. 
And I pray that you're on the side that says, man, it's God, it's all. I'm giving it all for you. Um, because you know what? Um, you know, I grew up from a pra- pastor. Man, I mean, this guy, if you ever met Pastor Joe, you have a sense that this guy's crazy for Jesus. Okay? And, um, I mean, him being my youth pastor, God bless him. I mean, every, every single night, I'm just like, dang, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I grew up in the church, and it's one of those messages like, dang, I need to repent again. <laughs> like, what's going on? But at the same time, it was challenging. And I knew that he had gotten it from the people who spoke into his life. And that same passion, that same fire comes all the way back from the Holy Spirit and God speaking to someone's life and getting a hold of a person. Like, no holds barred. Like, God has a hold of that person. Like, whatever God wants them to do, they'll do it. If, if I'm telling you, um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually something we should desire. If you look at the Bible, the Bible kind of paints that picture where, like, listen, these disciples, they gave it all. You're not reading a story of a disciple that kind of was, like, you know, half-stepping it. These men and the way they lived their life, even to the point of death, proved that they're all in. You know, sometimes in our church, even for youth, we kind of look at it, well, like, I don't have to be that serious. My level of commitment doesn't have to be that great because, you know what, these are people, and they saw Jesus, but I don't see Jesus. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus says you have the Holy Spirit. People in the Old Testament, they were waiting for this day. And all of us who are Christians, who are of the faith, who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. So the Bible says, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. If you don't know if you have the Holy Spirit, you're probably not saved. And that's, it gets serious when you start thinking like that, like, does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? If he doesn't, then you're in a great place in order for a God to speak to your life and the Holy Spirit to come into you and save you. We also have to realize that how God wants us to live for him is not how we think it to be. And what I've been seeing in, in, in kind of the, you know, your modern day church, we, we forgot what it's like to sacrifice because we live in an age of comfort. We live in an age where technology makes everything so easy for us. With the push of a button, you can lock your home, you can turn off all the lights, you can turn off the TVs, and the crazy things. You know, you watch these commercials, you know. With the click of a button, you can watch seven different channels and record them all at the same time. I mean, it's crazy. You know, now you don't even need a key to turn on your car. You just press a button. Boom, and it's on. You know, and, and some of the things, you know, technology and, and the way we've come as a culture, as a social um, as a people, we've gotten so comfortable. Everything's been made to just suit us. And when we come to the church, we kind of have that same mentality and bring it into the church. Like, God, you're going to fit my agenda, fit my needs, and how I want to do this. And we forgot what it means to sacrifice. We forgot what it means to give God our all. And I see it by some of my interaction with you guys. I see it as some of the leaders and, and their conversations with you and you know, it's, it's like, man, you know, I really pray for this guy because of so-and-so and this and this and this. And then you're realizing, like, man, what? They don't get it. They have one foot in and one foot out, and that's the reason why they're feeling like that. So I pray by God's grace that I can convey this message to you in the amount of time that I have. Um, do me the favor. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew 19. You know, Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse 16.
Matthew 19, verse 16. And the heading for this is the rich and the kingdom of God. Uh, this is a parable. This is a story. Jesus trying to teach us a lesson. So actually, this happened. Not a parable. Verse 16. Just then a man came up to Jesus, right, and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Verse 17, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, just listen to what he says. He says, which ones? Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, all these I have kept, the young man said, what still, what do I still lack? Jesus responds. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Then come follow me. What's he say? Verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with this, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Verse 27, Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. Let me read that again. Peter replied, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? We'll stop there. This story, this account of Jesus and this rich man paints us a picture of what it's going to cost for us to follow God. You know, this man, he was rich. And the Bible tells us that because of the way he responded. But I want to break down his response, his interaction with Jesus, because many of the times that's kind of our interaction with God. We have these moments where it's just like we kind of question almost what God says. We kind of question authority, right? It says, like, for example, like if, if, if someone tells you not to do something uh, or, if, for example, hey, don't come into the room. And it's like, well, why not? And we begin to ask, you know, some leading questions. Well, why, why not? And so this man's heart, you can kind of get an idea of this man's heart. And majority of the time, it's a reflection of our own heart. When God calls us to do something we're not comfortable with. Let's read back in verse 17. Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, which ones? We just read it. We'll miss it. Which ones? He was trying to set Jesus up. He was asking a leading question. He's just like, man, you know, he comes up to Jesus with like Jesus. Just then a man came up to Jesus. Right. And he asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Because here he is being good on his own, keeping the commandments. And he's thinking, man, I got it all down together. 
here's this Jesus guy coming around. Hey, he hasn't met me. People are coming up to him thinking like, man, you know what? He's got something to offer him. Hey, I want Jesus to see how good I am. I want Jesus to check me out. Bible says he comes up to Jesus. He's like, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. Um, hey, Messiah, Savior of the world. What good thing must I do to have eternal life? Here he is trusting in his probably own good works and deeds. And Jesus is like, why do you ask me about what is good? You know, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And then he asks this other question, like, which ones? Go ahead and name them, you know. And Jesus go ahead and he names them. He says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it done. Yeah, yeah. After Jesus was done, he's like, all these I've kept. Jesus, I'm batting a thousand. I got it all down. And probably, you know, Jesus' entourage, the disciples, just like, dang. This guy's perfect. Jesus, what answer do you have for him? He doesn't really need, like, laws or rules. It's like, Jesus, what, what, what are you going to say to him? Like, almost like he stumped Jesus. But Jesus, being God, knows our heart. And that's the thing. God knows your heart. He knows your desires. He knows your plans. Whether good or evil, he knows. And so Jesus... God, Jesus answered, verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Dang, Jesus, he was a good guy. Jesus, he kept all the commands. How many of us can say that in this place? We keep all the commands. Hello. Ain't no one raising their hands. But this guy, this cat, like, hey, Jesus. Yup, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. What's next? Go sell everything you have, then come follow me. And he was sad. Jesus looked right past all the fluff and he looked at the heart. And the guy wasn't able, the guy wasn't willing, rather, to make that sacrifice. Elevate. Young man, young lady, whoever you are in this place, when God calls you to follow him, there is a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice that must be made. It's not simply, yeah, it, it's a good idea believing in God. Like, think about it like this. If I believe in this God, okay, then he takes away all the things that I've done bad. And he gives me eternal life so that when I die, I don't go to hell where there's fire and all these crazy, scary stuff like the boogeyman's there, Freddy Cougar lives there, Jason, all them guys, they live there. That's where they come from. And I get to go to heaven where there's angels in the streets made of gold. You know, I probably get wings. People that deals even crazy. You know, I, I, I do it. I believe in Jesus. I just got to pray with you. Okay. God, forgive me of my sin in Jesus' name. That's it. Done. Okay. Cool. Done. You never see the person ever again. And you'll meet them 20 years down the road over on um, Belmont and Clark. You know, you meet them 20 years down the road. I'm telling you, up in a bar, all drunk is all get out. And you start talking to them and say, hey, man, what's going on? Can I talk to you about Jesus? Oh, listen, listen, I, I, I know what you're going to say. What, what, what do you mean? Like the only way to heaven is through Jesus. And if you believe and confess your sin and you pray a prayer, then you're good. 
Yeah, that's kind of, I already did that back 20 years ago, back when I was in Elevate. I used to go to that church with Pastor Adam, that guy, yep, I remember him. And uh, I don't know why I have a southern accent, but I do. <laughs> I remember that, Pastor. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I did that already. I'm good. But, but, but I don't understand. I mean, if, if Jesus is in your life. Yeah, Jesus, I know Jesus. He's in my life. I, the Holy Spirit, I speak in all those tongues and all that stuff. Okay, okay. I don't get it. Why are you here? Why are you? I don't, I don't see it through your actions. I don't see it. What's going on? And when you begin to find out the, the many things and the, the struggles in someone's life and the hard times, and, and, and it all starts coming out. And what ends up happening is that people don't realize the cost. People don't understand the sacrifice. I mean, it'd be great. What a story to be if you just pray a prayer and believe really hard and sing really loud, you know, you can, you'll be good forever and you won't have to change anything in your life. You see, the crazy thing is this, that when God comes into your life, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're not the same. The old is gone and the new has come. And you know that there's a conviction as soon as he comes into your life, it's just like, dang, this is what I've been missing my entire life. I'm telling you, you know that you know. You just don't get hit across the head like, I think I'm saved. That doesn't happen. It does not happen. It's like, I know that I'm saved because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. But here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, I, I want to prepare you guys for the life that God's calling you to live. It's not a life of pleasures. Look at this man. We're going to read right now and throughout the Gospels, and we're going to give you the, the challenges that Jesus makes to people. And some, some of you guys are going to be offended by Jesus. Like, Jesus did that? Man, forget that. Bump that. I'm not going to church. Jesus said that? No, Jesus said that. And we have to realize and we have to decide in our heart that if Jesus doesn't have it all, then he's not Lord at all over your life. He has to have it all. What does it mean to have it all? You know, the disciples' response, I love it because they're like, man, Lord, what must we do to be saved then? And he says, go and, and follow me. And, and, and this, is, this is, I love the disciples' response. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And Peter answered him, we have left Everything to follow you. Can that be said of your life? Can that be said of you? That you've left everything to follow Christ. You've left your bad habits. You've left your addictions. You left those bad relationships. Hello? You left that depressing mindset in Jesus' name. Hello? You left the old way of how you used to do things. You left that behind, and you're following Christ. Paul, Peter said it. We have left everything to follow you. You see, we've got to understand that word, everything. So sometimes, you know, a lot of the time we have uh, different meanings for words. We have different definitions. For me, everything can mean one thing, and for you, everything can mean another thing. And we have to understand what God means of everything, and when God speaks that into our life. 
That's where it's always good to be accountable. That's where it's always good to have someone in your life. Because if you're missing God, if you're saying, I think God wants me to give him everything, but not my girlfriend and definitely not my, my bad habits, my alcohol, definitely not my, my drugs. Man, Jesus wants me to have a good time. He wants me to feel good. And drugs, man, they, they kind of do that for me. So that's why it's good to have somebody in your life to keep you accountable. And at the same time, we ought to understand these words. We have left everything to follow you. Can you make that statement today? Can you stand up boldly and say, I've left everything to follow Christ? You know? What does that word mean? Everything. All. What does it mean? I want you to take a couple seconds in in your life. When Jesus tells you, I want you to leave everything. I want you to leave it all and follow me. What, What does he mean by that? Here, I wrote down a couple of things to help you think this through. What does it mean to have everything? What does it mean to give it all? Are you willing to be wrong when it comes to knowing all the plans and desires that God has for you? Are you willing to say, I don't know what all. I don't know what steps I need to take. But God does. When you begin to humble yourself, when you begin to say, man, God, I don't know it all, you put yourself at a position where God can have everything. For example, um, when I was a senior in high school, I was in a relationship with a young lady that at the time I thought I was blessed. Um, She came to church. uh, She got saved at the same youth group. So I'm thinking like, man. The Holy Spirit is real. Like, here we go. Like, I'm going to ask this young lady out. And uh, I remember just thinking to myself, like, man, this came out of nowhere. She started as my best friend, but I think that's the kind of good relationship you want to get into. So I'm going to ask her out. So I asked her out, and you know, it was good. And uh, we came to the same church, and uh, we were loving God. And I can remember uh, there were times where I'm just like, yeah, shouting and yelling and just looking over and see if she saw that. And if she couldn't see me, I kind of like stepped in front of her and was like, oh, I love you, Jesus. And praying, you know. But um, I can tell you what, Jesus didn't have my worship. He didn't have my worship, so I was kind of setting myself up for a uh, mess up. Anyways, the relationship got, got a little more serious. We started holding hands. And, um, you know, we started meeting at the same locker. We started sharing lockers. Yeah, that's serious, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know... Um, we didn't say love because we were afraid of that. We always said, I heart you. I heart you. You know, it's kind of like a little cheat out. But, um, you know, I, I heart you. <laughs> and I remember coming to youth group, and I remember that if she wasn't there, I was always sad. I was bummed out. And, uh, you know, in, in the midst of everything that God was doing in my life, God was speaking to my heart. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. And I remember coming uh, to a Friday night, and I was different for this very reason, because I had done something something with that young lady that you should save for marriage. And I slept with her, and I remember, like, dang, this sucks. I know it was wrong. The Holy Spirit brought conviction to my heart, but I ignored it. If God would have had my all at that moment in that, you know, season of my life, I would have repented from my sin 
cut off the relationship and stay accountable with my pastor. If God had my worship before that time, I would have been desiring God beforehand so that when, you know, the slight little things that kind of bring up the red flags, like, man, now you're touching her leg, now you're touching a little further up. Hey, you got to calm down, Adam. But there, you know, the red flags were up, but nothing was stopping me. If God would have had my worship, if God would have had my focus, if God would have had it all, I would have been in that position. And I remember, you know, I, I was at a point where it was make or break. You can repent of your sin. You can come out now. And, and at that time, I'm thinking to myself, here I am. Here, there's this kid who grew up in church. He's supposed to have it all together, A's and B's, honor roll. I mean, oh, I can't. I can't let down and let everybody know my reputation is going to be shattered. My parents are going to know I can't do it, so I'm hiding my sin. And all the while, this sin destroying my life. God did not have it all. And there were faithful people in that time of my life that were praying. I'm talking about praying for me. I know my mom was a prayer room. She caught on. I mean, she was heartbroken, and she was praying. I mean, Pastor Joe praying. You know, friends praying, God, would you bring Adam back? God, would you bring him back? Would you save him? And I remember I, I didn't want God to have it all, so I, I kind of avoided church. See, when God has it all, you want to be around people that will keep you accountable. When God has it all, you're, you're going to be a want, you're going to desire that. Because you know, man, there's going to be some struggles, there's going to be some temptations along the way. When God has it all, it doesn't mean that there are no longer no more temptation. But when God has it all, it means that even in your temptation, you're coming to him like, God, I don't want to go down this road because I know where that leads. And it leads me far away from you. God, you can have it all. Hello? When God has it all, you're obedient. Not only to him, but also to your leaders. Because you trust that God speaks through your leaders. You trust that God is a good God, that even despite you may have a bad boss, you may have bad parents, God has a plan for your life. Hello? When God has it all, you don't, you don't say to yourself, I'm going to do this my way. When God has it all, before you make a, a major decision in your life, whether relationship, whether with a job, whether with schooling, whether you want to do this or that, God... Lord, I come before you right now because I'm making this decision in Jesus' name, and, and I need your guidance, Holy Spirit. When God has it all, you'll make that time in prayer. And you won't say to yourself, I have no time to pray. I'm too busy to pray. When God has it all, it's, it's not a, a task to, to pick up your Bible and read. And, and, man, what is God speaking to my life? How can I feed my soul right now? How can I feed my spirit? It's when God has it all. See, when God has it all, you can't stand around compromise. You can't stand it in your life. and You're not okay with it. The moment something happens when you know that, man, God doesn't approve of that, you're willing and ready to repent. You're coming to say, man, God, this is where I'm at. God, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. God, take that away from me in Jesus' name. When God has it all, God's word has the power to stop you dead in your tracks. When God has it all, 
My question for you today, does God have it all? You know, we talk about our faith and how it's it's valuable. Did you know that in other countries right now, it's it's not as we they don't have the what's the word, the freedoms to talk about God, to talk about Jesus as as we do. See, the media doesn't portray this. But what you, the media doesn't tell you, there are people that are losing their life because they believe in Jesus. They want to keep you away from that because they don't want to tell you that. But here, here's the thing. There's an organization called Voice of the Martyrs. You can go online. You can apply. You can um, get some of their, you know, their magazines, their booklets uh, sent to your house for free. I mean, they're getting the word out there. You go online, you give your address, and they start mailing you this stuff. And, man, I, I'm telling you, God put such a conviction in my heart when I think about the people who don't have the freedoms that we do. And they're living their life, and they can lose their life. You know, um, DC Talk came out with a book. I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, Jesus Freaks. I mean, I started, reading, I started reading the first couple of stories in there. Man, I was crying. I remember that the book was wet because I'm reading some of the even college students, even young children. How far they would go to hold on to their faith. You know. What is your faith with God? What is your walk with God costing you? What's it worth to you? If you're willing to say, man, you know what? I don't have to go to church this week. I'm good. You know, I can tell you more stories of how it costs me something, you know. I can, I can tell you this. I remember when I was in Bible college, and um, here's the crazy thing. When, when God speaks to you and you, you want to be obedient, he'll call you to do some crazy things. For real. I'm not talking about he wants me to climb the Sears Tower crazy. That don't make sense. Okay, that doesn't bring God glory. Look, I've climbed the Sears Tower. Praise God. No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about I wanted to be a physical therapist. I was at UIC studying kinesiology and movement sciences. Okay, and I was going to study to be a physical therapist. There I was. Okay, and then someone invites me back to church. That was the time where I was kind of ignoring God and people were praying for me and they were reaching out to me. See the thing, when you're praying for somebody and you want them to know Christ, you're going to let them know, listen, I'm praying for you. I want, I want to see you come to church one day. Okay? Be active. Be, speak out. I mean, that does wonders and miracles. I mean, it worked for me. You're praying for me. I, I go to church on Sunday with my parents. What do you mean you pray for me? I was backslidden as all get out. I love you, and I'm praying for you. Come see me. Go to a play. I'm, I'm performing, and I'm like, all right, since you're doing it. Giving my life back to the Lord, and. And I remember going back into UIC before I went back and went on a mission trip to Mardi Gras. And that's another thing. I, I don't do mission trip. I am going to Mardi Gras, not Mardi Gras, but like New Orleans. We were doing some uh, remodeling at Katrina. Some of the houses were all messed up. We were going there, gutting them out. And then we went at nighttime preaching the word of God. And I remember at those moments seeing the power of God meet drug dealers, prostitutes, meet some random people, people who were uh, wealthy, people who were poor, getting rocked by Jesus Christ. And that did such a work in my life. I'm like, dang, that was so awesome. And on the way back, God spoke to my heart. He's like, you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. And I'm like, Yes, God, amen. I'm still going to be a physical therapist, and I'm going to do that. And as I'm, you know, working with people, and he's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, 
I don't know if that's you. Devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I don't know if that's me, you know. And, um, I mean, the first thing you start thinking about is like, man, I, you know, you think about it like this. This is how I thought about it, very honest. I don't, pastors, they don't get paid, you know. I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to be broke. Like, I'm going to have kids that are wearing the same clothes every single day. I started thinking about it in my own terms. I'm like, man, I'm like, like, I was starting to realize what it's going to cost me. And I'm like, that can't be you, God. You missed it. I'm going to get my diploma from UIC, graduate with that, and then I'll become a, and, and then I'll go to Bible college. And then God said, nope. Because by the time we went out to New Orleans and we, um, uh, Dr. Miller, some of you guys may know him, Dr. Miller and Brother Freeman were talking about the idea of starting cohorts, the online model. You know, back then it was basically starting up, and I was like, there's going to be an opportunity for me to stay in Chicago, have an affordable, you know, um, school where I can learn about God and at the same time get an opportunity to practice being ministry. I don't know if that's God. I don't know if that's God. And um, I'm telling you, like, it was, the writing was in the wall. Like, it was so clear. But God, he was patient with me, and, and I remember God said, this is what I'm calling to you. That's what I'm calling you to do. I remember looking up the SUM website. looked all ghetto. I'm looking at some of the pictures. I'm like, I don't want to go to that school. I showed my pa- Listen, ch- hear me out. You're talking about UIC, University of Chicago, here downtown, established, okay? Millions of millions of dollars going through that school to SUM. And you look, the, the website was all, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I say this in love, jacked up. <laughs> messed up and here I'm showing my parents this is the school I'm going to and literally my mama's basement like why not Moody (laughs) Moody's down the block and I'm just like you don't understand they're not spirit filled they don't speak in tongues and I need that and she's like I don't know I want you to pray on it I have prayed on it and this is this is the crazy thing I I dropped myself from UIC when you hear the kicker I was getting everything paid for Crazy. Crazy? Yeah. Getting my education paid for. Crazy. I'm dropping out. This don't make sense. And go back to prayer. No, this, this is what I want you to do. Uh, try explaining that to your parents. 18 years old. God wants me to be a pastor. And he wants me to go to this school. And I'm going to be the first one that I'm going to do the online model doesn't make sense you just can't begin to comprehend because like god you blessed me with scholarships but yeah i want you to do this oh man and uh i I can remember like i literally remember the moment where i was dropping myself out like tears were going down my parents face because they were like we you're missing god and i remember just the friction that there was of of doing ministry, doing things God wanted me to do, and then the fight with family. Oh, you know what? Friday we're going to have this thing. You Don't go to your youth group. M- Mom, I'm, I, I lead worship there. I give the youths rides. But before I was a youth pastor, I was doing the buses. Hello. You know, you don't just become a youth pastor just one day. You get hit over the head. And now I'm a youth pastor. I mean, you start somewhere. You serve somewhere. Amen. And I remember, like, I, they need me. Like, I, I pick up the youth and, you know, I close up. I do stuff like that. It's like, no, they, you know, we want you here at this thing. And I, I don't really want 
to be there because I want to be there because this is what God was calling me to do. And, and I can tell you so many times where I've had to deny family, you know. And it wasn't things like, it was more like last minute, like, hey, come to our family thing. I'm like, mom, I got to be at the church. It's fine. And here's the crazy part. My parents go to church. You want to talk about feeling resistance. I mean, it was costing me something. It was costing me family time. It was costing me a job. Hello? I mean, it was costing me my, my reputation. It was costing me friends. I had friends, literally, when I wanted to go to Bible college that were going with me to UIC, literally, when I saw him two months later, talking, like, hey, what's up? And he's, like, flicking me off. I'm like, dang. Forget you, man. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is, God, this is what you've called me to? And I remember these nights where I'm just praying and I'm crying my eyes out because I'm just like, man, God, is, this stinks because I'm giving up so much. And, and, I, and, I, and I dared ask God. I was silly enough to ask this question. Like, God, what am I going to get? What are you, you going to give me? And he's like, here I am. What are you willing to sacrifice? Is your faith worth something to you? Is it valuable to you? If it's not worth anything to you, it, it's not faith. It's not genuine faith. If you'll flip it up within, a, like, oh, I don't have to go to church. Oh, I don't have to listen to my leaders. Oh, I don't have to do this. It's, it's not valuable to you. It's not. Count the cost. Open up your Bibles with me to Luke 9, 57. Luke 9:57 And the title of this is called The Cost of Following Jesus. Listen to me, I, I wouldn't be a good pastor and I wouldn't prepare you for a life with Jesus Christ, life in glory, life in eternal bliss, life in fulfilled promises, life in love, peace, joy. Come on. If I didn't tell you this, it will cost you something. It'll cost you something. Let's read Luke 9, 57. It says this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus, listen to me. I'll follow you wherever you go. That's where I'm going. And Jesus looks at him. He says, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Hey, listen, where I'm going, what I'm doing, hey, I don't know where I'm going to lay my head at night. I, what I'm doing, I mean, it's, 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 I don't even know where I'm going to be at, but that's the kind of work that I'm doing. And Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord... First, let me go bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. See, right there, I think a lot of people would have got offended with Jesus and be like, forget this. Forget this. I'll go find another person who calls himself the Messiah. Hello. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury. The, but God, my, my dad just died. And God, I, I wasn't expecting that he died and I got to go bury him. Don't go. Let me go do this first and I'll come back. And Jesus said, 
Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That's harsh, Jesus. No, Jesus, that's truth. See, it'll cost you something. See, Jesus wasn't trying to teach you to be mean towards your family. This is not what this passage is indicating. And you do not have permission to go ahead and treat your family whichever way. But if you are a Christ, if you are a child of Christ, you more so in love, you treat them with love. Do you honor them? Do you respect them? But this passage, you know what it's teaching you? That God comes before your family. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Hey, listen, they're going to throw a quick party, okay? And, you know, they're going to be lights and, and music and DJ. Let me go back, say bye, and then I come follow you. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you look back and say, man, my life used to be better like that, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. In closing, um, Vinny, could you come? It'll cost you something. And I think the thing that we need to understand and know this, the first thing it'll cost us, it'll cost us our convenience. It will cost you your convenience. It's not convenient to worship God and having to go to church every Friday. It's not convenient to wake up in the mornings and read my Bible and pray. It's not convenient to wake up on a Sunday morning when no one wakes up that early on a Sunday morning and come to church. It's, it's, it'll cost you your convenience. It'll cost you, man, God, I, I don't like to to share my faith. God, I don't, I don't really like to pray. God, man, I, I don't really like to stay accountable. God, I, I kind of want to keep to myself. It'll cost you your convenience. It'll cost you relationships. Relationships with friends. Hey, man, hey, listen, you changed. What, what happened to the old one? What happened to the old Joe? What happened to the old Maria? What happened to that person? Christ came into my life. I'm no longer the same. Yeah, but I like the old person better. Man, I, I can't go back to that old person because I'm a new person. I don't, I don't know if we can be friends, man. You kind of, I feel weird around you. Man, I, I really hope we can stay friends. Nah, man, nah. You go do your Jesus thing. I'll be over here. It'll probably cost you some jobs. It'll probably cost you some jobs. I wanted to be a physical therapist. Hello? <laughs> I'm not a physical therapist. I'm far from it. It'll cost you maybe, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ and I don't believe in lying. And if you want me to do that, I'm not going to be working here anymore. It's dishonest and, you know, it's wrong. It'll cost you your job sometimes. You know, in the end, it'll cost you. Here's the thing in closing. It'll cost you your life. Point blank. It's all or nothing. Does God have the authority to look you right in the eye and say, man, listen, I want you to stop doing this and I want you to come back. I want you to come back and I want you to be in discipleship. I want you to start serving me. I want you to be fit. Does God have authority in your life like that? Then you know he's God of all. Hello?
In closing, would you stand to your feet for me, please? I want to read this to you, and then I want us to pray. And I want us to do some heart searching, and I want us to do a lot of surrendering in Jesus, by God's grace. Jesus says this in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever wants, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Let's read it once more. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Are you ready to lose your life? The thing that you value the most, your future, it's God's future. Your plans, God's plans. Your relationships, it's God's relationship. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Are you ready to take one foot out of the other, the world, and say, man, God, you can have it all. God, you can have my whole self. Are you willing to sacrifice tonight? In closing, let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we can't do anything in our own strength. And so right now we ask that you would lend us your power. Right now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would enter in our hearts and in our lives at this moment. Holy Spirit, we ask, God, that you would bring conviction to our hearts, the areas that, God, we've still held on to. God, I pray, Lord, that you would show us right now where it's convenient for us to follow you. And, God, you reveal to us what you've been calling us to do, God the sacrifices you've been calling us to make. God, may we count the cost of what it means to follow you. It's all or it's nothing. Come on, take the next 30 seconds right now and ask yourself, am I all in or am I partially in? Am I all in or am I partially in? And if you're saying you're all in, I want you to get ready because I want to release you guys to pray and, and come on up here. We're going to just join as a family of what God is doing in this place. Amen. God, I'm all in when you called me back when I was 18 years old. God, growing up in a Christian household, knowing what sin is, knowing what evil is. God, I'm all in when you called me. 
you put a, a calling on my life. You gave me purpose, God. I'm all in. I'm all in, God. I've gone too far now. I know too much. Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, for a grace, for a grace to continue to be all in. God, I pray that for every student here. In Jesus' name, come on. If, if you want the all-in anointing in your life, I want you to just come on up here. And I want to pray for you. Come on. Either you're all in or you're not all in. You make a choice tonight. You're making a choice tonight. Either you're all in or you're not all in. And if you're not all in, we'll still love you. And we'll still preach to you about Jesus Christ. But tonight, this altar call, this prayer time is for those people who are serious. And you're saying to yourself, man, I'm all in. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, we'll give you a couple moments more. If you're debating, if you want to come on up here, I want to... Speak to the group that's up here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This, this is what I want to speak. For those who came up here for that, I want you to move closer. Come on, there's people coming behind you. Just move closer. Take a step forward with me. And, and uh, you know, I want you guys to look up at me proud of you guys, okay, you know, a father in heaven, they get excited, you know, when you bring back good grades, it's like, come here son, and put you on the lap, and like, look at your grades, oh, you got an A, that's awesome, you got a B, you got a sticker here, hey, hey, now we're cooking with oil, you got five stickers, God gets excited about those things, and when you say, man, I, I'm, I'm done with all the mediocre. I'm done with the compromise. I'm done with having to feel like I have one foot in the world and one foot with God. I want it all with God. God gets excited. He's proud. He's like, look, look, you're having faith. And I want to read this to you because there's a young man the Bible talks about. And, you know, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But he didn't start off as that. He started off as a shepherd boy. You may know him, David. And this is what David said. And I want to read it to you. And as I read it to you, I pray that it goes down deep down inside. And you, you'll remember why you're all in. You can be comforted. Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me be quiet, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths and for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, and you'll walk through some dark valleys, hello, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can make that your prayer. I tell you right now, when, in moments where it's like, man, it is, 
God, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen the next 10 years of my life. I come back to this simple song, and God reminds me, Adam, you're all in. You gave up your future. You gave up your rights. You gave up your plans. That's right. And sometimes you get nervous, like, is that a good thing? Can I? You can trust God. He's a good God. He's a loving Father. Amen? Come on, I want you guys to close your eyes, and, and this is what I want you guys to do. I, I want you guys to repent of any lack of, 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 of trust. Maybe you've, you've doubted God, and that's sometimes a reason why there's one foot in and one foot out, because we really don't trust God, or maybe it's your sin and, and your pride and your things, and, and I want us to repent, because here's the thing. Repentance is going to separate us from, my man, I should have been like this. I should be doing this. Repentance is going to shoot us up on the will of God, and God's going to move tremendously in your heart. Repentance is the thing that lets you go, that lets you loose, that unties you from your old ways. And so right now we come up here, God, and we repent from, God, our lack of faith. God, we, we repent from our lack of prayer. God, we repent from our pride. God, we repent from our selfish ambition. God, we repent from our sin, oh Lord. God, we repent before you. You can have it all. You can have it all. And in closing, I want you guys to pray this. I want you guys to pray this. In your own words. In your own words, say, God, you have it all. Jesus, come and take it all. And then present it to God. Present it to God. As you present it to God, just begin to lift your hands. You can literally, sometimes God will put like pictures in your mind. Literally, when I was at the point where God was calling me into ministry, where God was calling me to follow him, man, he had put a whole bunch of things that I had not seen. Literally, I was getting pictures of a family that I had not yet had. And I was literally in my mind handing that over to God. The thought of what my future would look like, I remember saying, God, have that. Because sometimes, God, that will distract me from what you're calling me to do. Man, the hopes of relationships, God, have that. Come on, as you begin to pray, as God begins to put the visuals in your mind, that may happen, it may not, just begin to say, God, I, I give you this. And you can call it out for what it is. God, I, I give you this. I give you my family, my futures. Come on. Just begin to pray. Then as you sense the Lord over your heart, just begin to lift your hands as a sign of surrender in this place, as a sign of surrender. God, we're, we're done doing it our own ways. We're done doing it our own ways. We're done doing it our own ways. In Jesus' name, we're done doing it our own ways. Come on. As you begin to sense the Lord over your heart right now, I just want you to begin to lift up your voice and begin. Come on, Jesus. It's all or nothing. I'm all in. Begin to pray that. Come on. from the inside right now. I want some of my leaders to come behind them and begin to pray. Come on. Tool Wonders. So I'm all in, Jesus. I'm all in. I'm all in, God. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what my family says. It doesn't matter what my friends say. I'm all in, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on and pray. Come on and say that I'm all in, Jesus. All in, Jesus. I'm all in, God. 
all do the same in Jesus' mighty name. women of God, God, that will stand their ground, that will stand their ground, God, in Jesus' mighty name. God, I pray that they will stand their ground, that they wouldn't fall back, that they wouldn't be pushed back by peer pressure, in Jesus' name. I'm all in, God. I'm all in, Jesus. I'm all in, God. I'm all in. I pray for trust. Trust in Jesus' name. Come on. When I begin to fear, when I begin to doubt, I pray for trust in Jesus' name. I'm all in. I'm all in in Jesus' name. I'm all in. Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in, God. I'm all in. I'm holding nothing back. Come on and pray. I'm all in. Jesus, I'm all in. I'm not going back to where I used to be. Uh -uh. I'm speaking out. I'm no longer going to be the shy person no more. I'm all in in Jesus' name. Come on. Yes, Lord. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. praying I want to speak a promise in your life that God spoke to me that God spoke to me and this 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 helped me when when I was going through a time where I'm like dang this really sucks and it, listen I want to be very frank and honest with you there's going to be some times where you're going to go through some times where you feel like man is this what this means when I give it all to Christ man I'm losing friends I'm I'm no longer in a relationship with the girl that I've been going out for five years because I'm no longer choosing to have sex outside of marriage. And I'm no longer I'm doing things I used to do, and that's causing me, man, my some relationships, whatever it may be. This is, this is something that God spoke into my life and to my heart. When I was at those moments, God said this to me. He's like, I'm, Adam, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That means is God's not going to push you away. And God's never going to be like, man, I don't know you. You know how the world does that sometimes to us, puts us out there, man, I don't know you. Dude, I we used to be cool. I, man, you changed, man. God will never do that to you. 
in those moments when it's going hard, you can pray and, and trust and have faith. I mean, he's there with you. He's there with you. He's there with you. That's our prayer. Jonathan, he's there with you. He's never left you. He will not forsake you. He's not about to start right now. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Your parents may go, but he will never leave you nor forsake you. Your family may leave you, but he will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen to me. People come and go, but God, Jesus, he will never leave you. You're not abandoned. He's there. That's the blessing of being all in. He's there with you. If you go all the way to the highest point in the earth, he's there. If you go all the way and you're going through the lowest point in your life, he's there. He's there. Doesn't matter what you're going through, he's there. So we're praying closing. Get I, I speak faith. talking about being abandoned and stuff uh, God put in my heart that there's people here right now that there are people here feel abandoned feel lost feel alone in the dark that feel forgotten by family that, that feel forgotten by friends that feel left out and even by God but if you do feel like that raise your hand so a leader can find you right now because you have not been forgotten, you are here right now, and they're willing to grab you. They're willing to hold you, and guess what? That's God through them. That's the Holy Spirit through them. So as you're being held by them, as you're being spoken to by them, you're being spoken to and held by God. Amen. Come on, if that's you, just raise your hand. There's no, no fear in that. If you felt alone, you felt abandoned, come on, just raise your hand. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, we, we, leaders, we got someone in the back over there. We want you to pray with them. I want you to find, come on. Come on, if that word was for one person, then praise God. Listen, but I know there are other people who may feel like that. So we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We thank you for affirming us. You've never left us nor forsaken us, God. Jesus' name, we lift her up, God. Never alone, never abandoned, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. never leave us nor forsake us and we walk out of here God with that promise when I walk out that door you've not left me you've not forsaken me when I go through hard times you've not left me you've not forsaken me 
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Even sometimes when I leave you, you don't leave me. Praise God. God, we pray in closing tonight, God, that your word would go with us. God, I pray for the transformation of the hearts and minds that are happening in this place. Come on, saints of God, if you're in this place and you're at the front, just raise your hands one more time. Come on, we're no longer the same. We're no longer the same. I'm all in, God. It's their profession of faith, God. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your spirit. God, bless the students here tonight. God, begin to break things in their life. God, I, I lift up their families that their families would know Jesus. God, I lift up their schools that their schools would know Jesus. God, I lift up, God, if they're working, Father. God, I pray for favor that their jobs will be know Jesus. Come on. God, we pray for a transformation, God, of this city, of our lives. God, you start with us, but God, send us out. Send us out to do your work, to do your will. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said. Come on, and everybody said. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Give somebody a hug. Come on, don't leave up here unless you give somebody a hug. Thank you for coming out tonight. We want to see you guys Sunday at 10 a.m. All your lovely faces, same place, just 10 a.m. And please don't forget, this coming Saturday, we have our life group. We're meeting here at 12 p.m. Bring $7 with you, and we're going to have a good time ice skating and hot chocolate. Be blessed. A really quick announcement, a really quick announcement. Uh, before we get the after party started, if if you guys pray tonight, if you're all in, um, we, we encourage you strongly to see a leader, talk to a leader, and ask them about discipleship, what that means, and how you can be involved. Amen? Because don't let the party, don't let the fun stop, but you coming up and getting prayed for and God moving in your life. There's so much more, so... If you pray tonight that, God, you could have it all, I want you to find a leader here in this, this church and ask them to tell you about discipleship and how you can get started. Amen. Praise God.
bumping that arm G. Baby playing that high sock. I love them boys, but I can't forget. Salute the queen, Susie Rock. South side of my city. Hey, hey, baby, catch me on own that. Believe me, boy, it ain't nothing pretty. I love it, though, cause I'm from that. Pop, pop, shakers, go, go grills. Clayton County, where I'm from. Stay pin it down. That music loud, then mirror shake, so we own one. Yeah. East side of my city. West side of my city. Black.